Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Game Night's Roundtable. The brand new M21 episode just came out last week. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And for the first time ever, we're sitting at a roundtable. Hey! And we have the two guests from the episode here. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Hello, I am Lady Danger, and I'm a cosplayer and a streamer, and I'm also one of the editors of the Command Zone. And what's up, guys? I'm Mr. Infect, Craig Blanchett, and also one of the editors here. Nice. Yeah, we kept everything in-house with the in-house team for this episode. Mm-hmm. A lot of people noticed that we had uh, a lot of rapport, a lot of camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah working with every- people every day will do that. They're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really comfortable. Um, so this is the M21 Game Nights Roundtable. Our goal here, as with all roundtables, is to cover the most asked questions and most commented on moments uh, that we received on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that. One warning we give at the beginning of all of these is... Spoiler alert! There's no way to do episodes like this without spoiling pretty much everything about the episode. So if you have not seen Game Night's M21, pause this, go watch it, come back, and then you'll have context. Yeah. And don't comment on that video, because the question might get answered in this one. Comment on this video instead. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, and one last thing. We're definitely not calling anybody stupid or dumb for the questions that they have. Uh, If we're ad- addressing it on an episode like this. It's because a lot of people mentioned it. And also, I've said this on everyone, but I do think it's true. Uh, most of the time when there's confusion, it's probably our fault <laughs> as the filmmakers for not correctly giving context or explaining things. So I take that one on the chin or these 10, 15 things. <laughs> <laughs> also of note, we didn't have the full staff in to film this episode. So we were lacking a few key parts, including a judge that we normally have on hand. So we had a couple of mistakes that ended up uh, being a result of that. But we'll talk about all of that coming up well you alluded to it jimmy let's start off with the number one thing in the entire episode okay because of crucible of worlds i can play my fetch land out of my graveyard and because of azusa i'm actually going to do that three times i'm going to find two forests and a mountain so those are going to come into play untapped and i'll lose three life so then i'm going to play a wayward sword tooth And because that lets me play an extra land, I'm going to do the Crucible of Worlds thing again with my fetch land. And this time, I'll find a mountain. Cool. Probably half of all comments, maybe more, are about (laughs) this thing. Craig, 
You cannot I don't find a mountain with a windswept heath. Cheater. Cheater. So look, windswept's <laughs> going to spike because now you can fetch mountains with wow. it. Because <laughs> you did it, that changes the rules of That's America. it. That's it, bro. <laughs> Game Nights did that. it. It happened. I uh, mean, yeah, do you want to... I think this is something that anybody who's played with fetch lands a lot has fetched in an, in an illegal land at some point. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to just miss that it happened. Obviously, we all at the table did. In fact, we didn't discover this until like two weeks of editing had already gone by. It's not like we noticed it as soon as at some point somebody was like changing the color on one of the effects. And they're like, wait, this color should be red. Wait a minute. Wait a yeah. second. Yeah, I definitely made a play mistake there. It was definitely my fault, 100%. It's, I put so many fetch lands in there because of her ability to then search off the top that I wanted as many opportunities as I could to combo with either Ramunap or that Crucible of Worlds with her ability. Plus, I had five other creatures that would let me play extra lands. So I did put a lot of fetches in there. And when I got the first one, I assumed that I could get anything. I was it's, your brain just shortcuts that stuff, right? Like, of, okay, now I can just find lands. Well, especially yeah. like we're used to having a, a rules lawyer on set or a judge. judge on set, so we're you know we're used to having that kind of backup and not having that. I definitely it definitely skipped my mind and. I went for some mountains, and I'm sorry. It's funny because I think what happened, too, around the table when it, when you started popping off, you could see Josh's wheels and his head turning, being like, how are we going to describe this? How are we going to convey this combo to the audience? And I think in the discussion we had, being like, okay, we'll talk about, well, here's how you should announce the triggers for later in the interview. Cause, and then as a result, I think we just kind of forgot what you were fetching with and what you were grabbing out. We just knew what was what could happen and sort of like went off of that. Yeah, and I think it's so easy to like be in, in the game and so excited that you're able to do like a part of your combo and you're like, I'm just going to do it. And then you don't really realize you're making a mistake. I've done it a million times in other games. I was freaking out. Like I was basically doing the math thing, trying to figure out, okay, you know, okay, I'm going to play, then I'm going to play the ancient tomb and then I'm going to get into this and then I'm going to get into this. <laughs> and, and no I, part of your brain is going, I'm wait, what exact lands can I, I get was, with this thing? I was three turns ahead yeah. with my thinking of yeah. how I was going to do it. And looking back, I feel like I... I maybe should have held off on the searching for Azusa and getting the ancient tomb out because that ancient tomb definitely took me down. This is kind of a separate thing, but I feel like I should have on review of that episode, maybe slow played that a little bit more to be mm. less exciting. That Although it was awesome. Like, that wouldn't come be on. very you if you played it I know. slow. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Like You're not one I'm to sandbag. You. I mean, fortunately, I think the getting of the mountains didn't affect the game in any way. People were like, it's yeah. a huge mistake, but... Craig had basic forest in the deck. So he, he if we noticed it, we would have been like, oh, just get forest. In which case, he would have the same amount of lands. And I think mm-hmm. you had three or four I already red had sources. the taiga. I already had the grove willows. Like I would have basically had you guys either gain life or I would have used the other cinder glade. Right, exactly. Right. So I had the stuff to cast the dragon lair spider and stuff later. Yeah, he only plays one red card for the rest of the game too. So it's not like he needs red mana for the whole game. So it ends up yeah. affecting the game in no way. Right. Unacceptable, by the way. <laughs> How dare just you? One How dare you? Card? Huh. And you legally got all those mountains out? I'm offended. All right, let's talk about uh, something else that the rules lawyers in the comments uh, commented on a lot. But this is a not a mistake we made. I think a, a misunderstanding people uh, have. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's roll. We've got a clip of it here. Let's roll the clip. Well, I'm going to cast Drag to the Underworld, targeting Rada. Ooh. Okay, ladies, so a lot of people commented on how you had a devotion to Black of One and you didn't actually have to tap out 
to cast this spell. Mm-hmm. Which is incorrect, but let's let you explain it. It is incorrect because it says this spell costs X less to cast, where X is your devotion to black. And at that time, I really only had one devotion to black, but Soul Ring, I had to tap for two because I can't just tap it for one. Mm-hmm. Right. And then Drag to the Underworld only reduces the colorless part or the generic part of the cost. You would you had two swamps, you have to tap those two for the yep. two black. Yep. And then I have two for the actual pay for it. So I only I still have to tap my soul ring to get one, but then I just have one floating technically. Right. I guess we could have said in the episode, I have one mana floating, yeah. but I can't use it, so pass the turn. We just didn't say that part mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, and those kinds of details too I think are really hard to convey in game nights because it doesn't impact the game, usually, right? And then if you're watching it and you're like, why do I have to keep track of this now mysterious mana that's gone? Okay, I gotta get back to the game. So I can understand why from an editorial standpoint that wasn't that little bit wasn't in there. I think it's also a testament to how good game nights is edited and what everybody's used to at this point because... I feel like Game Nights is kind of the only show that's showing all of these small interactions Mm -hmm. to the level that now that we missed one, it's like everybody notices. I know. Well, here's something that it's not something we missed, but it's something that got changed between when we recorded the episode (laughs) and when the episode came out. So we've talked many times about how much just post-production time Game Nights takes. So it's a number of weeks ago that we shot this episode. And in the interim, between when we shot it and when it was released, the Commander Rules Committee came out and changed how Commander Death Triggers worked. So a lot of people, this is you too, uh, lady, were commenting on the Falconrath Noble and when things die and how that works with commanders. In fact, we've got another clip. Let's play the clip. Okay, so all our stuff's gonna die. And Craig, you're gonna end up with seven beasts. Cool. All right, I have four Falconrath Noble triggers because I won't get the triggers when the commanders go to the command zone. Seven minus three is four. So Craig, you will be losing four life and I will gain four life. So a lot of people were saying, hey, you missed death triggers. First of all, when you killed uh, Craig's commander on turn three, and then when the Azuri's predation happened, do you want to address that? Yeah. Uh, when I first, when it first happened and, and Craig played Azuri's predation, I was like, yes, I'm going <laughs> to get all of this. And then I was quickly reminded that that is not how that works at the time and that the triggers for the commanders don't count. So when I killed Rada the first time, it doesn't count and I don't get a trigger off of it. And then when everybody else's commanders die when you played the Azuri's Predation, I also didn't. And I think it was like a week later they changed that. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I could have gotten more. I don't know if it would have really changed the outcome, but I would have felt so much better doing seven damage. And I was like, yes, exactly (laughs) how it happens. Because I've been wanting them to change that rule forever. And the fact that they chose a week after this incredible play. Thank you. (laughs) Jimmy, do you want to talk about how it used to work just so that the way we played it makes sense? Yeah, so back in the day. Back Back in the day, day, four weeks ago. Four (laughs) weeks ago. Oh, when we were young ones, we would hike eight miles to school. uh, And our commanders, when they died, would not hit the graveyard. In fact, when your commander died, it didn't go to the graveyard at all originally. You would just choose to put it into another zone. However, since then, the new rule is that... And so this... in this case, cards like Falconrath Noble, Blood Artist would not trigger because they would never see the card going to the graveyard unless the player whose commander died decided to put it in there. Right, so, and so now it does now. hit the graveyard. So people are technically correct in that the commander should have triggered the Falconrath Noble yeah. if we played that game today. Right. The problem is when we recorded it, and now all the life changes already baked in. There's no way for us to fix that in post. We just kind of had to be like, yep, 
Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the rules changed in yep. the meantime. Um. Yeah. More things about your deck, lady. You causing a lot of problems over here. Craig's the one cheating, but somehow you're <laughs> the topic of discussion. I think it's because like a lot of people wanted to see Vito do well because they love aristocrats. Right. So seeing the rules change, everybody was so excited about <laughs> yeah, the, the opportunities with Vito, and now when we played it, it wasn't. So you yeah. Know. Um, now, in this case, it had to do with Vito's triggers off of the Azura's Predation because people are like, wait, why is this not triggering every single time the Falconrath Noble uh, drains one and gives you life? Because isn't that part of Vito's text? However, I think people don't realize that Vito is a creature that functions more as an enchantment in this case. And so a card like Falconrath Noble needs to see the card and the effect on the battlefield when the triggers happen. Otherwise, it's not going to trigger, right? Like, the trigger's going to on the sack, but if things happen before that, nothing's going to happen. Like, this trigger needs to happen, and then Vito needs to be there to see it, and then cause another thing to happen. Yeah, I think what happened is Azura's Predation destroys all the creatures. Falconrath Noble says, I see these creatures die. I put those triggers on the stack. The triggers resolve, which causes Lady to gain life. And people are thinking, hey, why doesn't Vito then point that damage like it's supposed to? Well, Vito's not on the battlefield when the triggers resolve, so Vito doesn't see that happen yeah. and therefore doesn't, quote-unquote, double that damage. Uh, then there was a lot of people also that I think <laughs> misunderstand just how Vito works. You're probably looking at Vito on screen now if you're watching this on YouTube. So Vito, whenever you gain life, causes that much loss of life to your opponent, but Vito is not doing that damage. So lifelink on Vito doesn't just create an immediate infinite loop. I think some people <laughs> thought, hey, if I give Vito lifelink, I'll hit Craig for one. That's life gain. Vito will then go, hey, I'm going to deal one damage. Deal damage. Oh, gain life. I got lifelink. And then that would create a loop. That would be a crazy card for them to design because Vito literally has an activated ability that can give himself lifelink for five mana. They would not design that card that way. Yep. So yeah, that's not how that works, just to clear that up. Yep. Vito's really good. Not that good. Lots yeah, they of just make him combo with Sanguine Bond. Yeah. <laughs> a big distinction, though. Loss of life and then combat damage, right? Loss of life is a very... It's one of those things where it's like, ah, it's more complicated than we would like, but just read the text. Uh, speaking of complications and reading the text, uh, Jimmy, you got a pretty cool combo out on the board at one point. In fact, we do have a clip for this. It uh, has to do with Sylvan Library and Alhamrit's Archive. I will untap and I will draw for turn. Sylvan Library is going to trigger at the beginning of my draw step, and Alhamrit's Archive is also going to trigger. So instead of drawing two additional cards, I'm going to draw four cards total. Wow. And now I'll choose two cards. I'll put those two back on my library and begin my turn. Okay, so a lot of viewers out there were wondering, well, Jimmy, why don't you have to pay the extra life off of Sylvan Library when you're keeping those extra cards you're drawing from Alhamrit's Archive? And it just has to do with Sylvan Library 1 being an extremely old card that was that has some of the strangest wording, uh, I think, ever. So let's read the current Oracle text wording of Sylvan Library. At the beginning of your draw step, you may draw two additional cards. If you do, choose two cards in your hand drawn this turn. For each of those cards, pay for life or put the card on top of your library. So this says, hey, on your draw step, you're actually going to take two more cards into your hand. And you have three cards you've drawn this turn now. However, if you choose to keep all of those cards in your hand, you're going to pay four life for each extra one of them. So you could lose eight life doing so. However, a Harmon's Archive says every time you would draw a card, you draw another card instead. The main besides text... The first one, yeah. Besides the first one, right. The main text about Civil Library that people missed here, I think, is, is if you do, choose two cards in your hand drawn this turn. So... You're drawing four cards of the Helmet's Archive. You're, that's four cards you've drawn. You only need to take two of those back onto the library. You don't have to pay for life for every additional card because Sylvan Library is formatted in such a weird way. 
Yeah, you draw five cards, basically. Then you do the thing where it says, choose two cards you've drawn this turn. Okay, these two. Mm-hmm. And then you either keep them or pay, or four you either put each, them back yeah. or four, pay four life each. It doesn't care about the other three cards. It only cares about the two you choose. I think that wording in the middle, that choose two cards, was just missed by a lot of people. Yep. Easy mistake. Sylvan Library again. Any of these old cards that had to be oracled a thousand times to just make more sense these days. It's one of those things where, you know, if you have like an old copy of Sylvan Library, I could see how someone gets it wrong. In general, if you go to Gatherer or any of the websites, they'll show you the original card art, but also have the updated oracle text. And they've had to do that a few times now. Because I think like the now like instead of target player or planeswalker, it just says target. Yep. Right. So or any like target, any target. Right. Yeah. They did it with basalt monolith as well. Yep. Yep. You guys want to do the thing? Oh, yes. Do the thing. Do the thing. It's the first time I've been able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Won't be the last. Uh, we have one more sort of rules misunderstanding that a lot of people had from this episode. It has to do with uh, wayward sword tooth. So let's play the clip on that real quick. Uh, all right. So then I will go to combat and Craig. I'm going to swing all seven beasts and a wayward sword tooth at you. So I steal all of Craig's things. Attack with many things, but. This one, let's just talk about the Wayward Sword Tooth. A lot of people were like, hey, Josh, you can't attack with the Wayward Sword Tooth because it says Wayward Sword Tooth can't attack or block unless you have the city's blessing. Um, so the thing is, I stole, I think, exactly 10 <laughs> You stole exactly you. 10. You took the seven tokens plus the the Gargaroth, the Sword Tooth, the sword tooth and the spider. spider. Yeah. Not to mention, I already had lands and my own commander out. Mm-hmm. I had way more than 10 permanents. Uh, and Wayward Swordtooth itself has Ascend. So when I take it, it's sitting there on my battlefield, and it has Ascend, and it says, if you control 10 or more permanents, you means the controller of the card, you get the City's Blessing for the rest of the game. So I would immediately get the City's Blessing as soon as I take control of all those creatures. This is, again, a mistake, I think, on our part, um, you know, the filmmaker side, for not saying, hey, (laughs) I get the City's Blessing and showing the graphic, because we did that for... Craig, when he played the card, right? Uh, we actually thought about this one and talked about it, and it was my call to be like, you know what? It never matters in the game. And we're always looking how to like upcut the game. I think one of the problems with not just commander gameplay, but especially commander gameplay, but magic in general, is it's so mm-hmm. complicated, you fall into the trap of overfeeding your audience information. And one of the things we always try to do with game nights is only give you the information you need because otherwise it's like at the restaurant where you have a menu with seven pages worth of stuff and you don't know what to order. You mean Cheesecake Factory, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> Just show me the good stuff that you're really good at on yeah. your menu. And that's kind of the same philosophy. Right, so right, right. anyway, maybe a mistake on our part, but I was allowed to swing with Wayward Swordtooth there. Uh, I would have had City's Blessing. We just didn't explain that. Maybe we can redo it now. So Josh, you're in the interview. <laughs> you've just stolen all of Craig's stuff and you've noticed that you also got a send. What would you say? Yeah. Well, this is great. I steal all <laughs> of Craig's stuff and that wayward sword tooth, it needs City's Blessing. But because of all the stuff I've stolen from Craig, I immediately get City's Blessing and I can even use that sword tooth against him. Craig? Uh, nice, <laughs> nice, 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 nice. For those of you listening, Craig just, he did the crying thing where he <laughs> put this bunch of fist up by his eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of boo earns for you this episode, Craig. I was saying boo earns. <laughs> All right, so those are the rules-based um, mistakes or misconceptions or confusion that was from the episode. We have a whole bunch more to talk about uh, decision-based stuff from the game. What were people thinking when certain things were going on? Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, 
it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back, and we are discussing the M21 episode of Game Night. Uh, We just got through all of the sort of technical heebie-jeebie rules-based questions, and now let's talk about some more of the more uh, other popular comments in the game. Now, The controversial decisions. The controversial, ooh, 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 yeah, yeah, newsworthy. Um, (laughs) Now, Lady, for those of you that uh, that have watched the game, everyone saw that Lazek, unfortunately, could not get off the ground quick enough, and then Craig did this awful thing where he kind of killed everyone really quickly or put everyone in a dangerous position. So, Lady, let's talk about your opening hand because we all know that you missed your third land drop. So, what was sitting in your seven? So, I can remember six. <laughs> well, I had my hand and I had a soul ring in it and two lands. So, I'm like, okay, I have at least three lands. I mean, I guess technically four. But, and then I had my Falcon Wrath Noble, which is a key piece of how my deck is going to work. And I was like, you know what? All right. And I also had the drag to the underworld. So, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I. Anything that could come up, I, I feel like I'm doing okay. I'm probably going to draw a land, of course, and then everything will work fine. And then Craig decided that he just was wanted to be on another plane of existence. He wasn't going <laughs> to give you the time you needed for that hand to be okay, yes. right? Yeah, because I think a lot of us would keep a hand like that, mm-hmm. considering that I've, I'm going to have four mana on turn two and two spells I can for sure cast on turn two that are powerful. And yeah, you really only need to draw like one or two lands in the first like four turns and yeah. you'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. In a typical game night's game, that would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, starting out with a soul ring, having an answer in your hand and then having a, a powerhouse like Falconrath Noble. And you it, can cast all the cards. And too, you can right? cast yeah. everything. And that's one of the reasons why I was so scared of, of you in that deck this whole game, because... I've seen this mono black deck go off and either put in tons of stuff and then they're, you know, draining your life and gaining life. And then if she has veto out, then she's doing it to them and then pointing it at me, even if I have my blockers mm-hmm. out. So my sub strategy was a bunch of tokens. Well, hold on, hold on. I don't want you to go into your yeah, whole strategy yeah. there. Okay. We're talking about her right, opening. So the, 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 <laughs> we're talking about the whole Anyways. game right now. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, if you guys look at turn Let five, me, the decision okay. I made here. <laughs> we're both like, how can we stop him? <laughs> uh oh, yeah. Craig's popping off. He's going off. 
he's gonna, again. Just, he's gonna describe the, the entire numbers game. going across. Yeah, yeah. My eyes. I think I think going back to Lady's opening <laughs> hand here, though, this is a pitfall that a lot of us have fallen into at some point, which is that soul ring. Yeah, that oh, soul ring sure. in your opening hand. Yeah, I if I could go back, I would I would not keep that hand whatsoever. But in re like in reality, that's a pretty good opening hand for mono black i mean like sure it would have been nice to have some kind of like tutor in there mm-hmm. as well but like i was like all right this that's, that's okay and uh but it's it like just, it's like we've all done it you draw the seven off the top and you look at him and it's like oh and the soul rings oh, there and it's right. so bright that you barely can see the other cards <laughs> yeah. they're just it's like wow, i need sunglasses so i can even look at the other cards <laughs> i just keep looking at that soul ring i'm keeping it it's such a staple for commander that you're like you see it and you're like Keeping that hand. Yeah. Nothing could go wrong. And statistically, you will probably lose. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. In the lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Craig, let's talk about your start here. I think you went into it a little bit just now, but I mean, this is a crazy start. Your turn three. um, I mean, we're going to probably show like the board state, Mm -hmm. but I believe you had like at the end of your turn three, you had like eight lands. At the end of my turn three, I had eight lands. At At the end of my turn two, I had five mana. It was, I mean, it was probably one of the most explosive starts I've ever had in a commander game ever. Wow. And Craig's played a lot of commander. I have played a lot of games. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely took a life hit for it, you know, with the two mana, with the two life and the ancient tomb and then the the fetches, but. Yeah, yeah. You'd probably done like 10 damage to yourself by the time, but still, anyone would pay 10 life to have, you know, that amount of lands in play. Jimmy, this was being compared to. Cash. Cassius Ugin turn oh, three yes. and your Joda. My Joda uh, start, play. Yeah. Where do you think this ranks on the uh, on the you know fastest starts in game nights history? You've got yes. this from Craig, Ugin turn three from Cassius and your Joda start. So Cassius' start, I think people kind of misinterpret as being super powerful because at the end of it, he has a mana vault that can't untap, right? Yeah, Grimmauld. Grimmauld, yeah. yeah. He has a, an artifact that won't be untapping anytime soon. Craig has literally more lands than like the rest of the table combined. So I think Craig's start is actually probably the most powerful because even had stuff happened and it all got blown up, he would at least have the lands to replay it all. He wouldn't have to spend a, a turn like untapping Grim Monolith to, or whatever it is. So I, I agree too. Cause, and your Jota start was actually predicated on just you activated Jota once. Yeah, and did and like three it, things in a row. Yeah, exactly. But if we could just kill the stuff that was out there, you didn't like have a lot more mana than everybody else. Whereas Craig, yeah. it's like, even if I kill the stuff, he just is going to be able to cast more stuff than, ever, than me for like the next five turns. Yep. He yeah. just needs like one card draw spell and then he's truly off to the races. Because, right. you know, I mean, just like look at what Josh did the next turn. He played an Iron Mirror. <laughs> like, wow, the difference is absurd. Yeah, I think we, us three had a pretty even playing field with our, our mana sources and yeah. then Craig was just insane. So I was like, what am I going to do? Yeah. I think by turn three, I was able to, if I had had enough forests in my deck, if I didn't cheat, I would have been able to keep up with you guys for at least another turn. Oh, with the Crucible and the... Yeah. Like, as far as, like, lands you yeah. guys were drop, it was almost like oh, I could burgeoning. You? Right, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. I was Actual almost able to keep enemy. up. Yeah. No, I think right. you were. You were playing four lands. So there's only three of us. We're right. playing three lands. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's so what right. you're saying is the mountain helped us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so sad that your amazing start, Craig, had to be tainted by just being... Being a cheater. <laughs> well, you know, so it's, that's what it's, Phyrexians do. We may Sorry. have to strike it from the record. I don't know. You got to keep an eye on those Phyrexians. Yeah, yeah his greatest starting game by his history has an asterisk. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not only have I never won, but I also have an oh. asterisk next to the best start. Yeah, true, true, true. All right, speaking of controversial decision making, Jimmy, a lot of comments. Controversial. Uh, <laughs> a lot of comments. I don't. I didn't even notice it on the day. I don't know if you two did, but a lot of comments about 
how nicely you were dressed yeah. in this episode. There were a couple of uh, factors here, right? So one, I also got a haircut from my girlfriend like a few days before. Oh, so true. I, you were looking extremely I, clean cut. Yeah, I was looking clean cut. And it's fine. So like I bought a bunch of new clothing earlier this year because it's like movies coming out, going to have some events, got to make sure I look nice. And then everything happened and i was like well i haven't worn pants in like two months <laughs> i haven't worn a dress shirt in three game night's perfect chance to dress up a little bit and that uh, there you go you should have let everybody else know we could have had like a no. fancy game maybe night. that's why he looked fancy because we were all just yeah. like whatever <laughs> still slumming around yeah I I, it, well, it definitely had to do with like the quarantine hair it was a very fitted shirt like you got yes. it very much in in shape well for it's, it's fitting movie. for a couple of other reasons too i've eaten a lot of food this uh, quarantine yeah, so it was it. a little looser in the beginning so yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just have to ask you one question did yeah. you you know did you get the job in the interview after the, the episode <laughs> yeah I drove right a lot to the of people interview. Like, jimmy looks like he's going to church or a job yeah, interview yeah. I, I, you know i i didn't get the job uh, but i won the game so that yeah all right um a couple or oh. a couple a lot of people brought up yeah so we obviously all the way that game nights works is josh will send out an email and it says here are all the legendary creatures players uh you guys choose first as our guests and then josh and myself will choose after you all because we don't want to take something that you know you're really passionate about jimmy and i are on every episode of game nights and you know Craig and Lady have been on a lot, but they're not on every episode, so it feels right to let them choose first. Yeah, and we play, and you know, for us, it's like, sometimes it's cool, have a challenge, do something you've never done before. Um, and people are asking, where is Ren and Siri, the amazing uh, Naya commander with the dog and the cat? Well, in this case, we just didn't actually get the card in time. It was a buy box promo, which kind of changes the way that we receive assets and all that stuff. And so we just kind of missed it, I guess. Yeah, we. I don't even think we knew that that card was in the set at the time we were um, recording. Recording yeah. because it's a buy box promo again, and Wizards has been messed up by the pandemic stuff too. Mm-hmm. All their shipping. Anyway, well, you can't crack it in a pack, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's not going to be in the M twenty one cards. It's kind of in its little special category. Anyway, for whatever reason, we didn't get the buy box promo, and we often do not. Like we didn't get Athreos for Theros, and so there was uh, a Tezzeret as well, Master of Bridges. I think we didn't get one time. Yeah. Yeah. So that just happens and so we didn't even know what it was and didn't worry about it and just picked our commanders and went and that's kind of just how it has to go because of the timeline that we're working on yeah yeah uh there was a lot of people that just in general said well why aren't all the colors represented there's nobody playing white there's nobody playing blue actually most people were excited we weren't playing blue (laughs) yes Uh, (laughs) but but a lot of people were disappointed uh you know that we didn't play white um Again, it's it's because we just let people pick. We don't mandate like yeah. We we, we never worry about uh, the color spread. Should make sure that er- every color is represented or everything like that. Yeah, we just want everyone to play the deck that they want to build around the most. Uh, also, of no M twenty one is a set with a lot of monocolored legends, right? Mm-hmm. Core sets are meant to be more welcoming to new players, and so putting in like a three color commander cycle in a set like this is probably not in the best interest of R and D. Though that's obviously saved for you know Ikoria had tons of three color options. So in this case, I think there was just a couple of factors that led to us not going down those roads. Okay. Let's get back to controversial decisions here. <laughs> um, I have no controversy about this. I'm all for this. <laughs> all right. Well, let's play the clip. So I'm going to play Sword of the Animist, and then I will equip it to my commander, Subira. So she is now a 3-4. Uh, hold on, Josh. I don't want my opponents to start catching up with lands on me, so I need to put a stop to this real quick. Plus, it's kind of worth it whenever you can piss Josh off. <laughs> I'm going to play Kroos and Grip. Okay. <laughs> Sword of the Animist gets destroyed. That was the worst thing that could happen. I just wasted my entire turn to do nothing. 
So yeah, Craig, what gives? What gives? Yeah. So okay. Why'd you make such a good decision? So uh, right. <laughs> so all right. So I, in hindsight, I feel like I should not have done oh. it. I should have ah. targeted Jimmy's uh, yeah, right. oh Sylvan Library. I should have targeted your Sylvan Library at that time. But yeah. the reason why I went after your ramp was because. I knew that I was ramping out faster than anybody else. Yeah. And mono red has a lot of ways to take advantage of a lot of mana. And it has a lot of ways of making extra mana. And I was very, very scared because if you were locked at whatever lands you were drawing, that gives me a better chance. But if you're allowed to search for a land and put it out every turn Mm -hmm. and be unblockable and like... There's just too much red shenanigans that can happen in a mono red deck. And so I was very scared of that in the same level that I was very scared of the mono black shenanigans. But Great looking <laughs> but looking back at it, I think I should have targeted Jim's because <laughs> at least that way, if you had searched for a land, you likely wouldn't have gotten the mob rule and my <laughs> and my Azuri's predation <laughs> would have landed. This, we are running wow. circles around <laughs> this logic. I did not see that coming. Wow. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Uh, okay, sure. I mean, it, sure. I mean, the, <laughs> the way the variant works, it was just as likely to find me the mob rule as, as yeah, make it not Yeah, maybe you'd have earlier. Very yeah. true, but now we in have all, yeah, in a, in, in a, If you had a time machine, you would go back and change it, but not for the reasons we would think. Not because you think right. Sylvan Library Correct. is the best. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Uh, okay, okay. It's more like the butterfly flaps its wings There's also, thing. I mean, if we go back <laughs> to the, the game nights, it is not Jim who's messing up my plans every time. Yeah, no, it no, is oh, Josh. It it's is true. Josh that's messing up my plans every time. So I'm, this was kind of a preemptive, like, don't mess, and, it, and it failed so bad. <laughs> yeah. No, well, it's not preemptive. I did destroy your Crucible of Worlds. True. Like, right. Just true, before true, that. True. So that, that argument I get. And uh, that just prevented me from getting more mountains anyway. So yeah. a lot of <laughs> listen, a lot of people were with you when you said uh, it's worth it anytime I can piss Josh off. So you yeah, know that was yeah, yeah. yeah that was disappointing everybody. Good out interview there. moment. I like that. <laughs> Adding to the the mythos of game nights, I suppose. Oh, there was a lot of people that pointed out or recognized the fact that um, we did a little callback right after yeah. that happened to a very early Craig moment. Yep. In fact, we have a clip for that too. Uh, well, let's play the clip. Why are you destroying my sword, Craig? Craig! There was nothing, and then Vinny. <laughs> Vinny. How would Craig say this? Josh. Josh! Josh. Josh! Craig. Craig. Vinny. Craig. Oh, yeah, Craig's. Craig's. Uh, <laughs> Nickname around the office has uh, lady coined it. Yeah, when Craig. Yeah, son of Craig. Son of Craig. Yeah. <laughs> it's his Phyrexian name. It's his Phyrexian name. Yeah, yeah, on his birth certificate, but we don't know. It's actually a lesser known fact. All right, here's another controversial decision, I guess. Uh, okay, so listen, uh, Jimmy. Yeah. Just real quick, can you just read the name of your commander? Of course. This is clearly Joreal Monvoli Recluse. And then let's uh, play the clip of how you said it in the episode. The deck I brewed for today is Joriel Monvoli Recluse. Joriel Monvoli Recluse. Joriel. 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 Activate Joriel. 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 Uh huh. So of the words on this card, I would have thought Monvoli would be the heart, the one that would trip us up. Indeed. But there was a lot of people who just really objected to the way that you say Joriel. Joriel. Should I do the silent J like Joriel? Joel. Oh, you're not saying the L. L. Joel Rael. Here, lady, can you please just read the card? Joel Rael. Oh, come on. Craig, let's let's have you read the card. Oh. Joel Rael. Okay. All right. Oh, all right. The L is silent. 
Jo- no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, Joe, both of them? Both of them? Yeah. It's just in the J sound too. So it's actually just O-Ray. <laughs> Everybody was talking about how the way you pronounce it makes her seem like she's from, what is it? Cri- Krypton? Krypton? Yeah. She's yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. Oh yeah, Kal-El. Joel-El. I should pronounce the L though, yeah. You know what? Look, say a lot of card names on this show. It ain't no Subira Tolzidi Caravaner or, you know, there's a lot of crazy names out there. I mean, they're, A, they're made up names. So, so it's not like there's a correct. There's not like necessarily a correct way to say it. Maybe the L is silent. We don't know. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry for all you Joel Rael lovers out there and fans <laughs> of the Vorthos aspect of this card. Um, if one dropped L is all it takes, then I need to go back to the drawing board. Joel I Joel Rael. Yeah, don't okay. worry, Jimmy. I say Najila. Najila. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. How else are you supposed to say it? Nahila? Nahila. Oh. oh Nahila. So it is Yorael. No, it isn't. It's whatever you <laughs> want it to be. Sure, I'm just going to call her uh, uh, Lady J. Ooh. The, the G.I. Joe? Yeah, oh, no. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay, we're getting everything twisted now. Okay, all right. <laughs> Lady J with the kitty cats. Meow. All right. All right, the next uh, thing has to do with Mr. Infect. A lot of people, Craig... We're, for one, really rooting for you to have Triumph of the Hordes. Uh, me too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so at the what? end there, after the Azuri's Predation, when you have like 40 power yeah. on the board, if you draw Triumph of the Hordes, we die, right? Why do you think I was attacking with my Elder Gargoth? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, trying yeah. to draw into Triumph of the Hordes. Right. If I was able to dry, draw into Triumph, I think I could have taken out everybody. Because uh-huh. then, it, then yeah. they were all 5-5 five, five beasts with Infect and Trample. Yep. And then you I definitely, think, I think, yeah, you're, right. I think you have like almost fifty power there, and we have. I think the only creature no out was uh, the what do you call? There was it? a runic armasaur. Was and the armasaur exactly right, yeah. right, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, she had the Iara, but Ayara. I think that's that's a grand total of like eleven uh, toughness. So I think you get True. more than ten on all of us, right? Yeah. Which I had Triumph of the Hordes. I had Grafted Exoskeleton, and I was trying to do some sort of combo. Like when I was building the deck, we all have those like daydreams, right? Where I was like, man, if I get Ashnod's Altar and Grafted Exoskeleton, and then either like Omnath Locus of Rage or like <laughs> I had Stalking Vengeance in. So I was like, if I get those three, then I could sack each token to the thing it's for two mana. Then equip then i sack it then it dies then it deals three damage <laughs> it's funny because i'd be like craig that's like a 15 mana combo but then you look at your board state at turn three it's like all right you could have done, done it, it. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of people who was like hey mr infect where's the infect how much infect was it in the deck was it literally only trying for the hordes and grafted it was only two cards yeah wow playing real fair there yeah thank you but there are a lot of cards that combo with it right did you have chandra's ignition in there no, I had other ways of giving infect because I mean two cards, Craig. I know I not enough. We're gonna have to rename I, you to like Mister Slightly Poisonous. <laughs> Mister Poisonous. <This> stinks. Even <laughs> during quarantine time too. All Craig wanted to do was play a game of magic and kill everyone in a way that makes them all very upset. Come on, I wanted to make them perfect. You know, like oh, there you go. That's the Craigian attitude. By the way, the ring as well. People love the ring. Oh, that you want to show up? Yeah. So Olivia Craig, Gobert Hicks made this for me. You're pretty evil. Yeah. Everything on your hands, except thought, for the wedding ring. Very wholesome. And then the rest <laughs> of it's like, oh my gosh. And I thought I was supposed to be the dangerous one. Ah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next controversial decision. I got yelled at this about this for, I don't know, by quite a few people. Um, uh, you've, you've made a brand for yourself. I, I guess so. Yeah, I, I'm used to getting yelled at at this point. Um, <laughs> so near the end of the game, when I do the mob rule thing. Yep. 
I have an opportunity to knock you out. And then I also have enough power on the board to knock Lady out because she's at like seven life. Yeah, I was at seven. Mm-hmm. Seven life right there. And um, I decide to attack Jimmy instead. In fact, we can play the clip. Uh, all right, so then I will go to combat. And Craig, I'm going to swing all seven beasts and a wayward sword tooth at you. Jimmy, I'm going to swing Elder Gargaroth and the spider. So people were like, Josh, play to win. You're not playing to win. Knock everyone out. That's a horrible decision. You could kill Craig and Lady, and then it would just be you and Jimmy, 1v1. And I'm very disappointed in everybody out there because we've been talking about multiplayer strategy for like four years now, and that's just like a horrible assessment of the best way to win this game. Do you think... Here, let's bring, bring up the boards again. I'm sure, Craig, you're going to edit this, so bring, please bring it up. <laughs> yep. Craig, uh, bring up the boards. Okay, it's up. Yep, okay. <laughs> Look at Jimmy's board. So nice, right? Yeah, my board looks awesome, but remember, every single creature on that board, except for my commander, is going away after Craig dies. It didn't have to. <laughs> no, no, it had to. It had to, because if you lived, it no, was still it going away. It absolutely did. Yeah, yeah if yeah, you lived, yeah, I was yeah. still giving it all back to you. Right. True. In fact, side tangent, I briefly considered killing Jimmy instead of you. Oh, interesting. There. And see if you could face off against Craig's massive if I had a If I had a sack outlet, I 100% would have killed oh, totally. Jimmy. And sacked all of Craig's creatures. But the fact that I would have to give you back that board state right. made it so I had to kill you because I couldn't, like, you just win the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, but anyway, so my thinking was, it's kind of like um, if you're in, let's say you're in the ocean and there's a shark fin pops up and you're in the Jaws movie and everybody starts swimming towards shore. You don't have to be the fastest swimmer. You just have to be not the slowest swimmer. <laughs> And so I'm thinking, like, I need Lady in the game because every resource Jimmy has to divert towards Lady gives me a little bit more time yeah. to po- potentially come back. So everybody that says I should have killed Lady, like, you're nuts. I have zero chance of the game 1v1 against Jimmy. I have a very slight chance if it's 2v1. Well, let's talk about what's your strategy to kill people with your deck. It's it's on the card, right? Yeah. Do damage. Yeah. What's Lady's strategy? kind of the same doing damage and like the only way to really get past me at that point is to potentially find a way to get my life total to zero i was in no danger of milling right you have to look at the win conditions that were available to josh at that point so definitely kill craig but don't get rid of the only other person that's clearly going to ally with you afterwards and especially like with the way that my deck works i could continue to attack you and do damage to craig at the same time if i was popping off correctly so i think there was one instance in the game where that yeah where you let me do it because you wanted to get rid of craig and so it's the same idea where i can attack you and Craig at the same time, and that's going to be the most helpful to Josh. Right. Also, you have life gain, so I thought, oh, if she's able to like stick around, she might be a little bit harder for Jimmy to handle. Yeah. Because if all of a sudden she's at fifteen, she can gain a little bit of life. Now Jimmy's really got to worry about the two of us. Yep. And that might, you know, I definitely yeah. did. I just, just hundred percent thought if I kill her, then Jimmy just turns around and kills me almost immediately because I have literally. My commander, a 2-3, and nothing else. I'm surprised the same people didn't say the same thing about me, too, because on my attack, I could have taken out one of anybody, and I left everybody alive and tried to, like, split it up a little bit. Whereas, like, if I had done the latch-on technique, one person would have been out, and then... So I'm surprised those people didn't say the same thing about me. I think there were some comments about the fact that you could have taken anybody out, but right. but at that point, I think they it's, it kind of makes sense when we do this on game nights, which is like... And I think people do this in their real playgroups, right? Yeah, like, I think so. When we play, we actually do this for real when it's not on camera, which is like, and eh, not knock people out at the first chance. Like, right. I got a big scary board state. I'm going to hit you all. I'm going to give you one chance to get out of this, and then I'll start 
picking you off. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, plus I know where you work. So I feel like <laughs> if you killed me immediately, like. Well, that's the other thing is that like we play each other normally. And like I did it once to Mel and felt terrible about it. Like I infected oh, yeah. her out and then she was just sitting there for the game. And I was like, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> See, even Craig feels, you know, guilt. Even Craig has feelings. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what an epiphany. I know. Yeah. Who knew Phyrexians could feel? Yeah. Who knew? Being right. married will do that. Is this it? Oh, uh, so Ooh. speaking of the mob rule here, and I, while we have the two of you here, because, you know, we've only done these with just Jimmy and I, mm-hmm. anytime on game nights, you know, we've done almost 40 of them now, anytime on game nights, there's like a good top deck or something that seems like extremely lucky. Never mind, we've done 40 games. Lucky things are going to happen sometimes. Yeah. Right. But they always kind of call us out and be like, oh, it's obviously scripted, scripted, you guys. It's totally, we can tell. It's so obvious. Man, they have such a deep voice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the two of you here. You've played in multiple game nights. Is game night scripted? No. It's it's not in any way, shape, or form. Like, you sit down at, a, at the table and play with anybody. Something crazy is going to happen. Like, who, like, who would have thought? Like, when you, the Ral. When you yeah. vaulted Ral, I was like, there's oh, no the coin way. Flip? Yeah, there's that's no right. Way. Right? And then it did. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so the same way with Mob Rule, like, it happened. And you're, you could clearly see you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he was like, I'm going to flip the script on this whole game. And my whole aura just went like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, a, I mean, that was the perfect card. And it's, it's funny because you were like, oh, I need Blasphemous Act. I need Blasphemous Act. And I wish it was blasphemous act. You right, know what I mean? So like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing is, you were use, you were looking to use that card for a different reason, but it just so happened to work out perfectly with my board state. And I don't think it would have been that. Like, I don't think using it for that four power is the right play in most things, unless you're facing a Craig Blanchett type person at your yeah. table <laughs> yeah. who's like, "I'm arch enemy right now," and you're like, "All right, I'll take all your stuff and attack you." Right. The, the cards in the deck because I can steal all the little stuff, activate right. my commander, and then draw a bunch of cards. Mm-hmm. Right. It does have the upside of like, okay, but I never thought that would be the main use of it, right? Like, right. And steal it, big stuff and kill people with it. And the best thing it was, it was a completely genuine reaction from both of us. Like, I did not see that coming. Yeah. You didn't even think of that card in your deck. So it was... I think the 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 comments about scripted, fake, blah, 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 or it's a combination of a couple of things. One, we're at a table and we know we're filming. So the reactions are naturally going to be slightly elevated, right? right? We have bright lights around us. Everyone's watching. It can get really tense. Um, and then also we do have a somewhat scripted bit in that we do respond in interview later on. So people are like, oh, with the combination of these two, clearly you plan it all out in advance. We spend enough time just building the darn decks. I can't even imagine sitting there and trying to be like, okay, if we're all going to draw these hands, here's the order it's going to go in. Do you think we would have any single person that's like a reputable magic player come onto this show and be like, yeah, I'm going to do that? There's no way. Could you imagine telling Melissa DeToro, like, hey, this is how this game is going to go. Sorry, you lose. Yeah. Craig, Sorry, you're, lady, you're going to be mana screwed this game. Yeah, like... Craig, you're going to fetch out mountains with your windswept <laughs> No, guys, it wasn't yes. scripted. Sorry. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a very, very That's good point. Really good. Yeah. So I mean, we ham it up a little bit more, sure, but that is like the, the the I'd say the furthest we go in terms of quote unquote scripting the show is just making sure everyone has a decent seven card starting hand. We're not forcing someone to mull down to five. People are allowed to make bad decisions, like Jimmy Wong, Ancient Tomb, Sensei's Divining Top, Lady Danger, Soul Ring, Two Lands. Right. Like we, we these things happen, and when they do. It's not like, even like, right, let's say, like, oh, I missed my land drop. We're not going to be like, 
just go into your deck and find another land. It's like, no, because so many times people come back from that position. There's storylines that you don't know what's going to happen. So it's kind of an organic journey every single time. And what you're like, MTG Nerd Girl is a perfect example of that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who just didn't have enough mana the whole game, but it's like, you got to let it play out the way it's going to play out. It's a, it's a road we never want to go down. You guys, between the two of you, have been on like seven or eight episodes probably now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think this is my third episode yeah and five or six yeah, yeah. So, so almost maybe a quarter of the episodes between the two of you obviously there's some overlap we've i mean you can test this we would have never ever manipulated anybody's deck or said what's in your hand you should do this we just don't do that stuff because once we do that once what are we opening the door to there and like jimmy said we actually don't want to be trying to script the game that way because how does the mob rule moment work like, how does everybody react to it if we if we stage it? If I go, okay, yeah. I'm going to draw Marvel, and then you're, you're totally going to be able to tell. Like, everyone's going to be like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Oh! Yeah. Whereas if you watch Craig's reaction and my reaction, you can see me double take at the card when I draw it. Yeah. It feels real, and I think that that's really important for the show. So, once again, when we'll, I'm sure we'll say this a million more times, we do not script the show, and we'll never script the show. Yeah. I think the other thing that's really important, and, and it's it's hit or miss sometimes when you're reading through, I, I read through almost all the comments of, of every game night, and they're like, oh, well, I mean, that wasn't fun to watch because, you know, that, that couldn't happen. You're like, those things really do happen yeah. in games. You know, you sit at your local game store, and, like, you do get mana screwed like Jimmy Wong normally does. You do... <laughs> just adding to the mythos. <laughs> And like all of those things really do happen. So it's like, it's literally just a game of commander that you would play with anybody else. It's yeah. just like, everybody's just like really there to have a good time and like really show that there's a game for everyone. I will say there's one thing that we probably stray a little bit away from, which is just like letting players get openly salty or angry. Mm. And I think it's actually really important to show someone that didn't have the best game, but still be like, I had a blast because that's like leading by example. And the kind of play groups that we tell people and encourage people to foster are ones that are very open and welcoming and aren't going to be angry all the time at something's happening or upset. And so like, even in those moments, like there is something to be, I think, gleaned from that situation. I was just talking about that earlier that like playing the game and, and a few people mentioned it, it even though I got mad screwed I was still having a really good time that whole time and I genuinely was you know mm-hmm. you guys were at the table with me and I think that's really important to show new players and yeah. and even older players that you know hey like give everybody a chance and like just enjoy it for the game that it is and like not everybody has a good game all the time keep it in perspective too like you're there with your friends having fun like Yes, maybe this game's not going in your way and you're not going to win, but you're also not going to be playing the game professionally at any point, anytime soon. So it doesn't actually matter that much if you win this particular game. Yes, try to win, but just don't let it get out of control in your mind when you're losing. Yeah. yeah I've yeah. never won a game on game nights and I have always had fun. Usually because I'm always winning at a point. Yeah. <laughs> True. True. I have also never won a game either. Have, okay. Yeah. All right. We got to come back. We're doing it. Uh, I'm yeah. killing you first. I think it's safe to say that you're both going to be back at some point. Yeah. Uh, so there was a moment at the end when you kill me, Jimmy, mm-hmm. and we did a little surprise death yeah. death uh, thing. I guess we should play that clip really quick here when I when I die. <laughs> so I guess I died to Jimmy drawing a bunch of cards. <laughs> Ha-ha! Card explosion! <laughs> Card shower. You, you know, people were... We got a lot bigger response to this than I than any of us expected, than the right. editors. People were really calling out, like, oh, that death scene was hilarious, <laughs> which made us get to thinking, like, what on the... You know, if you were going to do the Oscar 
give the Oscar to the best death scene in the history of Game Nights, you know, what would the nominees be? And so we, we put together a little montage here of the greatest death scenes in the history of Game Nights. This is your Oscar-nominated death scene to a giant spaghetti monster. And action. <laughs> Rip the soul out of you home! We've been smashed by dinosaurs. Yeah, we're trampled. We're, just, we're trampled? Okay. Okay. Megan, we've been trampled to death by dinosaurs. I know. I still have, I I can taste their hooves in my mouth. You should have died face down. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose we should award the the winners, but maybe it's better if you comment below and tell us what your favorite was. You know, to be honest, when I rewatched the episode and saw Craig doing his fake punches to himself, I was like, that... That was, what a great, you did a great job. You paid him place, runner up again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the, the clip with you guys, I, I loved it so much because you had so much pure joy on your face, Jimmy, to be <laughs> killing Josh. That just made it so worth it. Like I could just see your little like goblin self just. Ah! <laughs> I'm on my token. Yeah, that's yeah. me. Just For the record, out. I did not love it. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, my favorite one is the one when, where Jimmy dies. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite moment that isn't a winning moment is when we had our dream, our fever dream in the holiday episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're like, cards! <laughs> so I all the cards you. in the world. I guess anytime you're just throwing a lot of cards down, it's going to be naturally funny. Yeah. Okay, so getting back into the death scene with Jimmy mm-hmm. throwing the cards and everything, um, I wanted to tell a little behind-the-scenes story here. Mm-hmm. So we came up with that whole gag, that whole joke, um, a few weeks after we recorded the the rest of the episode. And we do this all the time, by the way. If you pay close attention to, like, old Game Nights episodes, huh. you'll notice that, like, hey. somebody might have slightly different hair in one of the shots or the background would change just a little bit. And <laughs> we're doing this because... Usually we want to like uh, explain something we didn't explain very well when we did it the first time. Or sure. in this case, we're, we thought of a funnier joke uh, or something we think will be more compelling. So we go back right. and we reshoot it later. Uh, in the industry, these are called pickups. So anyway, back to this death scene where Jimmy pops up, throws the cards. We reset the room, relight it, get the camera set up and everything like that. And we shoot it. We shoot multiple takes because there's some timing stuff involved with when Jimmy's going to jump up and say, ha ha, and throw the cards and everything like that. Sure. And we get everything back into the edit bay and we look at the footage and we realize we've made a mistake. Oh no. So I guess I died to Jimmy drawing a bunch of cards. (laughs) (laughs) So did you catch what it was? No. What happened? I'm wearing the wrong shirt. Wait a second. (laughs) So in, in, in what we just showed you, I have a Tabasco shirt on. But in the rest of the episode, I have sort of like this burgundy shirt that I'm wearing. <laughs> so I'm, so we're like, crap, okay, uh, all right, fine. We go back in, we reset the room, turn on all the lights, turn the cameras back on. We shoot the whole thing for a second time. Uh, you know, of course, I put on the right shirt this time, the correct shirt. And then we get all that footage, we go back to the edit bay, and we realize we made a mistake again. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so you can't miss it this time. It's completely silent. 
We didn't roll any sound. We haven't recorded any audio. And as you can imagine, we're pretty fed up now because this has taken like a lot longer than we uh, than we planned. So we decide that what we're going to do, we're not going to shoot it a third time. Mm-hmm. We're going to take the audio from the first take where I'm wearing the wrong shirt. And we're just going to put that under the video from the second take where I am wearing the correct shirt. What? And just marry those up and hope it works. Uh, and that's... And we put that together and it looks like this. So I guess I died to Jimmy drawing a bunch of cards. <laughs> now you can probably notice at the beginning of that clip, I'm out of sync. The words aren't like fitting into my mouth. And so in the final edit, what we did is we just cut out that part and didn't cut to it until the audio actually worked. Wow. Cool. So there you go. A little bit of movie magic. In fact, the funniest part about this entire thing is that this entire story that I've just told is, in fact, itself a pickup. You see, when we recorded the original uh, roundtable with everybody, we had it in the notes to, to tell this little behind-the-scenes thing about the death scene, but we just forgot to cover it for whatever reason. Uh, and so we have here, you can see, if you're watching the video, Manson standing in for Jimmy's left shoulder, and Craig is here just so that I'm not so, talking to myself. So there's, yep. yeah, somebody else responding. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yes. So we're reshooting a scene talking about reshoots. That's what we call ironic. At least this time, I remembered to put on the correct shirt. Okay, let's get back to the normal episode. Uh, as usual, we... We're always trying to up our game as far as the animations and the special effects on every episode. And this episode is no different. And a lot of people out there definitely noticed. Yep. Let's roll some of the animations from this episode and let's talk about them afterwards. Perforos was uh, was my personal favorite. Just yeah, slams boom. the hammer back in the volcano and it goes boom, and the, all the lava comes out. I loved how the Perforos hit the life total. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was, really that was cool. so good. I th- um, which one was Rurik it? Thar? Yeah, the Rurik Thar did it too with his axe. Yeah, I yeah, loved it. I mean, that's kind of what when I was playing the game as a kid. When you look at the card art, you see that, right? You, we have our animated backgrounds here. You feel that when you look at the art. Sometimes that's why Magic has such great art. And so I, I love being able to bring it to life, and you get to like see how it works. And sometimes you get to play a little joke on what the card art is too. Yeah, it really does transport you really into the world of the game. And I think enhances the experience. So I'm glad a lot of people are responding to that. Uh, Little known fact about this this episode, because a lot of people commented on how great the editing was in this episode. Yeah, Josh, good job. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I'm going to pat myself on the back here, because I had nothing to do with the editing on this episode. Uh, This is the first episode, I think, ever where I didn't touch a single frame of it. I didn't even open the editing program to work on this episode. It was all Jake Boss and Josh Murphy, um, with Sam Waldo's help, and Ashlyn did help with some selects and stuff early on, but it was mostly Jake and Josh for the editorial uh, stuff. And I just played director. I sat behind them and helped them come up with, you know, what we thought was going to work and how to maybe fix things that we were having problems with. But I, I did no actual mouse clicking, yeah. uh, which is like the coolest thing ever that's ever happened, I think. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is a goal. So now there's two game nights every month. But Josh, that was kind of your goal from the beginning, right? You know, and you've been in a lot of editing rooms and there are always different positions of editors as well. And a part of, you know, joining a different kind of workforce or wherever it is, is mentorship. 
Right. So huge props, I think, to Jake and and Murphy for being able to really just nail in what the feel of the show is, where the beat should be hitting, and to create an episode that is visually and thematically and just, I guess, like everything is identical to what Game Nights is supposed to be. You don't feel like it's off or like it's missing a beat. They did an awesome job with this episode. So They're so great. Yeah. Yeah, good so, job. That's really, really cool. Um, one final thing. Well, I guess there's two points, but mm-hmm. one big thing that was is kind of general that uh, chatter surrounding this episode, and I, th- you know, I think it's obvious why, uh, was a lot of discussion about the relative power level of the decks, and a lot of people, you know, there were some negative comments even about how like, well, Craig's deck is obviously so much more powerful than the other three, and the power level disparity is like a hot button issue in Commander in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought we could we could riff on that a little bit. Uh, it's not my feeling at all that the decks were on vastly different power levels. I think if those decks play ten games, then you know that's one game where Craig's going to have a, the nuttiest draw, a crazy ever. start. Yeah. But he's not going to do that for the other nine games. Right. And I think in most of those games, the decks are just pretty even. Yeah, I think like if you put all three of the decks and you look at the deck, all three, all four of the decks, and you you, you line them up and look at they're they're pretty close to the same power. And it, and I you know I even made this in my notes is. Craig just had a crazy opening hand. Yeah, right. And like, that's what will set the pace for everybody else. Because like I said earlier, us three were on the same par with the amount of lands that we have, what we were doing. And just because you had that explosive opening hand, it made it seem like, you know, your deck was so much at a higher power level, but it really wasn't. It was right about the same, if not maybe a little bit under. Yeah. And I'm going to say this too. I think it's fun when a deck goes off like that because that's kind of like why I love watching some sports games. Mm -hmm. It's the big swings, the huge plays. You don't know what's going to happen. Maybe this person isn't going to take it all. You're kind of like, now I kind of want to root against Craig. In the mid-roll, we even mentioned it being like, there's a whole half of the episode left. Who knows what's going to happen? So I like... For me, I think you want to have the decks at the right power level that stuff like that can happen, but it's not like Craig did that and then played like five stacks elements that locked right. everyone else out. Mm-hmm. Given the right ramp, I think every one of those decks had had the potential to be really dangerous from the start. You know, given enough jump out in front, you know, if you guys had seven or eight men on turn three, you guys would have been doing some really crazy stuff too. And there's ways to do that in mono black and mono red and mono green. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, just like what you guys said, just the fact that I had that insane start. And then I'm sure people start to look, they're like, oh, your general, my general has the ability to like stack lands from the top and stuff like that. But that's one strategy. Whereas, you know, the mono red strategy is something doing something completely different that by the time I get that going, they could be, wiping the board through other means or kind of like a like a you've ever seen those drag races where like boom two cars go off and one of them pulls ahead really fast because it has a great acceleration but the other one is trucking along is really consistent and actually gets ahead of the other car i think that's kind of like how you can envision the game nights games where unfortunately ladies car like had a pretty strong start but then engine failure right manage mana screw and then you can kind of like view it that way craig gets off to a super fast lead but then blows a thing not seeing a mob rule come out of nowhere josh hits the nos in his car <laughs> too soon craig ahead. too soon yeah. too flying yeah. too close to that the was my Vin Diesel. Too high soon. torque too diesel truck and josh is driving a high uh, horsepower nitro machine I think, <laughs> uh, I think it also makes really memorable moments in game nights and like 
because it's it's relatable, at least to me, where you're like, oh, that could happen. And I've totally lost right after that, where you're like, yes, I know. I got this in the bag. This yeah. is going to be great. And then out of nowhere, you're just shot right down. You're like, nope, not going to happen. And it's relatable and, and, and it's great. I mean, I know that you'll be remembered as a cheater, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you're never going to live that down. The exact feeling that I had when the mob rule came out. <laughs> I was like, I'm on top of the world. I've got 40 damage coming at everybody. Oh, what? Uh, well, <laughs> I do think there is this tendency when people are in games for yeah one deck to look really good in the one game, and that's such a right. small sample size. And for people to be like, that person's a jerk because they got a really powerful deck and they're playing in this pod that all the decks are less powerful and who what a pub stomper and blah blah blah. And it's like, listen, stop whining. <laughs> Seriously, like stop whining. You can't tell from one game how powerful somebody's deck is. And by the way, did the people that are like complaining about the power level of the decks, did you guys watch the game? We were all having fun. Like we liked it. We're oh man, Craig is a huge like we're joking about it the whole time. Can you believe what's going on here? We got to yeah. do something. It was like a bond together moment for the three of us, and the game became that. And not every game of Commander is the same. Sometimes you are the person on the hill. Sometimes everybody's more or less even. Some you know, there's different dynamics, and that's one of the reasons that Commander is great is because not every game is going to play out the exact same. Mm -hmm. It's definitely like percentage of Commander games that just go like. Everybody is going the exact same speed, and nobody gets ahead, and nobody falls behind, and then, you know... Boom, someone wins. It's like, what, 2% of Commander games that happens. <laughs> Most games, somebody gets out to a lead, somebody is behind, they switch positions, and by the end, who knows what's going to happen. Yep. Sounds like regular, fun old Commander to me. And also, like, the power level thing, in general, we tell people to not build nutty, crazy, powerful decks. I think if you look at the lists, like, the, don't look at just, like, the price disparity, right? Like, because Craig has a Taiga in his deck, it's going to shoot the price up. But that isn't making his deck as strong as, you know, like, Josh is, Josh, for instance, Josh could have played one Mana Geyser in that game yeah. and changed the entire thing, right? right? And that is not an expensive card. So I think it's, like, really easy to have first impressions dominate your view of how something, uh, what something is. Yeah, Magic's a high-variance game, too. Like, you can get two people who are, like, really good at basketball, and they both shoot 10 three-pointers, and one makes seven, and the other makes three, and you'd be like, the one that made seven is definitely a better shooter than the other one. But the other one could be Steph Curry, and he just had an off day. Mm -hmm. Variance is a thing. Variance is a thing. All Steph right. Curry would have made all 10. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I'm, you know, it depends. Sometimes his ankles hurt or something, you know? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I do. I do. All right. Uh, last um, thing we wanted to just mention, because we had a lot of questions about it, which is, is there going to be a jump start episode of Game Nights? Ooh. Yeah. A lot of people... I, listen, jump start looks really, really cool. We talked about all of the commanders on a recent episode. Mm -hmm. um, Tiny Bones, we, if we were going to do it, we would definitely ban out. Ban Tiny Bones. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Phyrexian pack. Yeah, there's with a, no with, infect. Yeah. No. Uh, Jimmy, do you want to answer the question? Yeah, so we are not going to be doing a Jumpstart Game Nights episode. Sad tear face, I know, I'm sorry. Uh, but we are going to be doing one that's based around Double Masters. Uh, and again, like, this has been a crazy year for product. Josh and I are still, I think, recovering our energy from doing the Ikoria C20 marathon run. <laughs> Set reviews for M21, Ikoria C20, and Jumpstart all yeah. within like six or seven weeks, yeah. And, you know, for us, obviously, Jumpstart would have been really fun. It'd be super cool to rip open those packs and play them on camera. But, you know, I think even if we were able to know, right, like, hey, you got a, you got a choice between Jumpstart or doing Double Masters Commander, I think we're going to take the Double Masters route because I think that's also more in line with what people want to see. Uh, and just for the record, we didn't get the choice because Jumpstart oh, right. is tied to M21. So it was... Oh, that's right. Yeah, they are yeah, very similar. It was one or the other. And um, 
actually talking to wizards they were like well, you should probably do m21 and we hadn't seen the cards yet and you know i think of the two i actually probably would have chosen m21 anyway yeah i mean it, it makes sense uh, i think like jumpstart we would have had to have played it in the limited way right yeah. as as it's and then we would definitely get yelled at a lot more than we are right now oh, yeah. yeah yeah but Jumpstart- it's good to know by the way that you do want to see that and you're excited about the product i mean that i think gives us a little more clarity about like what players want and what they like <laughs> at least a little bit because we know it's not everyone out there just screaming, why isn't this commander every time? So, you know, it's good to see these kinds of things happen. Yeah, I wish we could do Jumpstart, just not enough time. We got to move on to Double Masters. Uh, we never do this, but I'm going to release, I'm going to release, I'm going to announce the release date Ooh. for that episode. It's going to be calendar. August 5th is when the Double Masters game night is going to come out. So, yeah, mark your calendar, set your alarms, all that. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Do you want to shout out where people can find you? Lady, do you want to talk about your Twitch stream and whatnot? Yeah. Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Lady Danger. You can find me at Twitter at Brittany Michelle. No vowels. If you just search Lady Danger, I will come up. Or you can go to the command cast and find me there. And it's Lady L-A-D-E-E. No Y. Two E's make a Y sound. And right. for me, you can find me at, at Craig Blanchett on Twitter and at Mr. Infect MTG on Instagram. That's really your username on Instagram? It is, yeah disgusting (laughs) all those links and everything will be in the show notes too so you don't have to memorize it just click on the more info box below this video and you can find it down there um big shout out really quickly to our sponsors cardkingdom.com slash command zone that's the affiliate link you want to use when you're ordering magic products singles anything at all you want to get your hands on this jumpstart stuff yeah m21 the commanders if you want to get joriel joel rael (laughs) <laughs> or From any of the, the other Krypton. legendary creatures or any of the singles. Uh, Double Masters, again, right on the horizon. There's all kinds of other stuff that's come out recently. So if you want to get any of that, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. You're going to buy magic cards anyway. Just use our affiliate link. When you do, you're supporting Game Nights, the command zone, Extra this turns. round table. We actually got a table that is round. <laughs> we can't do things like get tables that are round unless you use the affiliate link. Yeah, or if you head on over to patreon.com slash command zone to support us directly. In fact, our $2 patrons get to have access to our Discord channel. And we've just welcomed some new people to the channel. And that means everyone at the Command Zone house, you can now actually talk to them on Discord as well. Josh and I, we know we've overstayed our welcome. You've got fresh blood. <laughs> you've got some infect over here. You've got the most dangerous lady on the planet. So make sure you check out patreon.com slash Command Zone. That's the way to directly support the show. And also you get to watch game nights a day early. And tell us that Craig cheated, because that was number one comment there, too. Yeah, tell me directly <laughs> to my face. All, all, all the patrons were like, I was getting direct messages. Hey, do you know that you, you can't? Yeah. I, I, I was I warned that I may get direct messages. You were like, hey, Craig, just want to let you know, if anybody tweets at you, just don't answer them yet, okay? Okay. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it, because the patrons get to see it early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Thank you to both of you for being on Game Nights. Thanks for being on the roundtable. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. a blast. Always yeah. a blast. And we look forward to doing it again, right? Yep. Thanks, everybody out there for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye-bye. Right up the gram. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.